Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. It's good to be back. You probably didn't notice, but I... I took a few days off, went to Mexico, and now I'm back on the podcast with Kyle to talk about the Honda Prologue, which is not the first electric adventure that Honda has taken. Actually, we all know about the Moto Compacto, but there's a few others that Kyle can list. But it is the, you know, the big mass market EV that's coming in the modern age, 2024 Honda Prologue. It's I think exciting for a lot of people based on the size, the fact that Honda is really taking a step into this space, but we're going to get into the specs. Of course, Kyle went out to see it, uh, you know, maybe like three, four weeks ago in California and you got to really experience it. But now all the information is out there. All the embargoes have list, list, lifted. And this is a supplement to, of course, your out of spec reviews video with the Honda Prologue. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad that you're back from Mexico and uh, ready to rip some more episodes. Yeah, let's do it. So the Honda Prologue is a midsize crossover. It shares a platform with the Chevy Blazer EV. It's slightly less expensive, though, at around $49,000 before incentives. We're pretty sure that you can get the $7,500 EV tax incentive on the Honda Prologue. And it has, I mean, let's get into the specs. Where do we want to start? Battery, range, the, all the different trims, what really stood out most about the Honda Prologue to you, Kyle? Well, I had the chance to really spend basically two days with the engineering uh, folks, the product planners, and also driving the vehicle. So I learned a lot about it. I went in not knowing anything about the Prologue. Um, it didn't even like kind of research it much. I knew it was 
a shared Ultium project. Uh, and I've actually had some friends involved on this project. Um, but uh, yeah, so we went over to Northern California. I got to drive it, got to meet with everyone. It's pretty great. And, uh, you know, I think that the headline stats for this car are, uh, of course, 296 mile EPA uh, range on a full charge. That's the highest standard range of any electric uh, SUV. Because uh, again, mm-hmm. Tesla offers standard range uh, Model Y. That's a little bit less, mm-hmm. and uh, then the pricing is from forty nine grand plus or minus because you have to. It's MSRP plus destination charge is forty eight seven ninety five. Um, so you know you're at basically forty nine grand, and it goes to fifty nine grand maxed out. So ten thousand dollars spread. And at first okay. glance, when I was looking at this car, this electric SUV in a vacuum. It is built really well. It looks great. Um, you know, I actually like a lot of the the GM part sharing stuff because I think General Motors does a lot of things really well, uh, but then also some things pretty poorly. And so this benefits and suffers from that. And ultimately, I think, you know, even before I drove the prologue, I knew that this is going to go down in history. And I still think it is as one of those weird collaborations. Like, remember the Volkswagen was it the Ruton or whatever the Chrysler Pacifica Volkswagen was? And then there was also a um, a few other examples of this. But this is going to be like, remember when Honda and Acura went to Chevy and Cadillac and said, yeah, we like that so much. Build us some. And they are literally GM everything with a Honda badge slapped onto it. Mm. So it's no Honda-ness anywhere in this vehicle Hmm. other than the style. What do you feel about that approach, not including really any Honda? So it's a good question and a fair question because to someone who drives a lot of cars for work and we review them, it is very like, what the heck? How can a Honda have OnStar? And like when you turn traction control off, it says Stabila track off in a Honda. And so like I'm going, going like, what? This is crazy. But then like a normal consumer who's just buying this car, do they care? I don't think they do i don't think many people do certainly the comment section is like oh i would buy this car it's the first honda i would buy because it's a gm product and then you get the other side which is i would never buy this car because it's a gm product so there is a lot of that going on there i think what would have been the preferred approach here is for honda to show what honda can do to build an electric suv and this is not honda's first electric suv they have the e anyone NY1, E colon NY1, terrible name in Europe. And <laughs> it is uh, an electric SUV from Honda. And it's a Honda car is my understanding. I, I actually have been in one. I've never driven it, but I thought it was quite nice. Uh, and it was it was a Honda through and through. I'm like, oh, this is great. Okay, pretty interesting. I, I didn't, re- we weren't driving. I just sat in it at an auto show. Mm-hmm. So why did they feel the need to partner with General Motors for both the Prologue and the Acura ZDX, which I think might be the best Ultium product before I've driven it, but that's the one I'm most excited about. Uh, And I'm driving it next month, I think. Um, Nice. So anyway, there's a lot of GM-ness, so let's just get that right out of the way. Our audience gets that. The next thing about this is, uh, you know, range seems good. Uh, Battery pack, 85 kilowatt hour. It's the small pack. The Blazer can get a 105 kilowatt hour pack, uh, but this is the Mm -hmm. small battery pack out of the Blazer is the only one on offer. It's Mm -hmm. pretty low voltage through mid 300, something like that. 155-ish kilowatt peak speeds, and the chief engineer said it wasn't a great curve, but we'll be able to test this at some point. What I Mm -hmm. don't know is if the curve is different 
than the Blazers curve. So we'll have to play around with that. In terms of software, that's going to be everyone's big question because the Blazer EV had a lot of software issues. We know that there yeah. was a stop sale. There still might be a stop sale. I'm not sure. But there were issues with that car launching. Yes. Um, the Honda guys basically said the same. The software, the base level software is the same, but they are basically two separate teams uh, supporting the vehicles. So okay. you have basically two tracks of software and they're like the Honda guys are doing their thing. The GM guys are doing their thing. And now there's a joint committee to argue about certain things across the models. Hmm. I'm well, not sure this is a great approach or not. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Hopefully they kind of get ahead of the curve with the software issues, seeing what happened with the Chevy blazer. Do you think that that would be the case? You know, I saw we had, 15 cars or something like that, that people were driving at the event. I was at over two days. I was on the first day, so I didn't hear about the second, but no, no one had any issues as far as I could tell. Uh, everything, at least in, in my test, I only drove it for four hours, something like that. Zero bugs. I mean, the mm -hmm. only thing was a little bit of like the screen, not accepting my touch, but, but I think at the boil, you know, at the, and, and, in, you know, I, that was weird. And it could have just been that, like I had dry skin because it worked for everyone else pretty fine. Um, Weird. It, it was weird. Yeah, I don't know what was. It just didn't <laughs> like me that day. <laughs> but but here's the thing: when, when we boil down, what is the Honda Prologue? Because I know I've been mm -hmm. a bit scattered in this episode. It is a really nicely sized, great styling, very minimalistic interior, um, and a great driving electric crossover. Uh, it's going to fit the needs of most people, whereas it's going to have more than enough range to do your long commute, drive around town. Uh, you know, if I have to go from Fort Collins to Denver and back, it's just like a 110, 120 mile round trip. It can do that. No problem at all. Uh, and then, you know, if you have to go on a trip, you can road trip this thing. I mean, it's got, yeah. uh, you know, DC charging up to 150 kilowatts. It's not amazing. The curve isn't amazing, but it should be a little bit better than the VinFast. It should be, which is priced similarly. It should be better than some of these other cars. Um, and keep in mind, Model Y doesn't have a great charging curve either, but that is going to be a much more efficient, better charging vehicle. So what, what it looks to me is like Honda said, we want to build an electric SUV. We want to spend the least amount of money possible building this electric SUV. And their goal was to be very mid in the specs and features is sort of my take on everything. Um, I have some issues with it. The biggest one being it's $7,000 more expensive than a Model Y performance. The one that I tested, the Elite, the top spec, which is what you're looking at now. And it doesn't have lane centering. It has active lane keeping. And I confirmed this with the engineers. People in the comments were like, you got to hit this button. I'm like, I hit every button. And really? I also talked to the engineers. It, will, it has active lane keeping, which means when you hit a line, it pushes you back in. But it doesn't mm -hmm. have active lane centering where it auto steers in the center of the lane. The oh. Acura ZDX will get that with Super Cruise. But that to me is crazy. And I like asked all yeah. the Honda people and they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, how can you launch a new electric car in 2024 without active lane centering? Yeah, the VinFast VF8 has active lane centering. Yeah, and it's good in the VinFast actually. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so that's a bit surprising for these little things that, you know, for a car priced at, at this level and coming from Honda and GM that it wouldn't have this kind of feature. So there's some some things that are kind of a big deal. You could make them small, but I think it it could be significant to people, especially if you're considering what to invest in. But so the charging is also like the VinFast VF8, up to 150 kilowatts, like you said, good, not great. We'll see the charging curve. What about Nax? Yeah, so Honda has... CCS. Yeah, Honda's committed to J3400 Nax. 
And so it will have that uh, after start of production. Start of production will be CCS. They're built in Mexico. Uh, same production line as the Blazer. Honda wants 40000 in the first year. And um, they, they seemed overly confident that they have no questions that they'll be able to build 40,000 of them in the first year. And I think, you know, regarding the pricing, the standard pricing is, is about the same price as a long range Model Y, which yeah. is crazy because the, you could also get a seven seat Model Y and it's standard, you know, that's all wheel drive. And this is the front wheel drive with no options. And so it, it just seems like the price is like $7,000 too expensive yeah. Right. But, but the model Y and this will also both get the tax credit, which means the gap stays the same is what we're mm-hmm. expecting. So I think what Honda is going to do here, and I put this in the video is I think they're going to lease 80% of them. I think okay. they're going to have a really attractive lease. I don't know if it's going to be in the 300 or $400 range per month with a few dollars down, but you know, they got to keep it competitive with Tesla and the leasing game here. And there's a lot of people that just won't buy a Tesla or won't buy a Model Y, but that is the benchmark in this category. It's like we used to compare everything to the BMW 3 Series. In electric SUVs, we compare everything to the Model Y because that is the benchmark, and it's got to do that. Also, annoyingly, that's the Honda Moto Compacto, which is really cool. And yeah. like it has an underfloor storage space in this car, but it just doesn't fit by like an inch or two. Just an and inch or like, two. Like, just make the damn thing integrate into the prologue. Mm. Mm. Uh, Okay, so also they have some incentives with charging, which, you know, I think we've talked about here and there on the podcast. Uh, And this includes $500 for at-home charging installation credit and an $100 EVgo credit. Or you can go $750 on the EVgo network for those who can't do at-home charging and it also every deal includes 60 kilowatt hours on Electrify America. So and you're the, missing a third tier. There's a third one. Tell me. Well, there's three options. Uh-huh. I have a I have a uh, so so this is awful. This is terrible. Honda is launching their first mass market electric SUV, right? And you can mm-hmm. already imagine dealerships in non-zeb states or whatever, they've never sold an electric Honda before. And so they're not familiar with battery electric vehicles. I'm just saying in general, I'm sure there's some few good dealers out there. Um, But the three options, you have an option A, option B, and option C for Mm -hmm. choosing choosing your Honda Prologue charging packages. The last thing you want to do is complicate the sale of an electric vehicle at a Honda dealership any more than it needs to be. And so now you need to have a salesperson who's going to make a recommendation on which of the three charging packages a customer who's never driven an electric car because they're marketing this not to cross shop with Blazer, but for Honda CRV buyers or Honda whatever to jump into an electric car. Hmm. And this to me is just adding a level of complication. So do you think they should just have one option? One option. Just give everything to someone or don't give anything at all. Like, I don't know. It's an it's option like, that includes at home charging for those who can have it, and an option that doesn't for those who can't. Throw out the third option. That would make a little bit more sense. It's like you can either charge at home or you can't. And so right now, it's do you want a home level two EVSE option A? When that gives you $500 of installation credit, $100 EVgo, and 60 kilowatt hour of Electrify America introductory charging, which isn't even enough to full charge the car. So now you're making someone sign up for, uh, you know, you know 80, 80% charge one time. That's annoying. 
Option B is, oh, but you, you don't actually, you can install the level two portable charging kit, which is the mobile one. And that comes with a $250 home installation credit versus the $500 credit of the hardwire, which makes no sense to me because they're going to be roughly the same cost to install at a house. You just need to get, you know, 240 volt power to wherever it's going. That's the expense. Whether you put a mm -hmm. plug in or you hardwire it, the cost shouldn't change much. Mm -hmm. And then in this case, you get $300 of EVgo credit, which is more, of course. And then you only get, and then option C is $750 of EVgo credit with nothing else. That's the one I would take. Give me all the free public charging and just install something, you know, an EVSE on, on your own at your house. Sure. Mm, yeah, I agree that keeping it simple would be helpful, but I think these incentives might draw some people in with a lease as well. You know, I, I do, I do think they're successful whether or not okay. they actually play out successfully. I think they're successfully like, okay, a package deal with yeah, my so compacto and everything, but they're also I, I part of the, the seven automakers too, of course, uh, Iana. So we'll see how that comes to play. Yeah. No Iana well. free charging credit in this thing. What's up with that? Well, I think because they don't have a network, why would they include that information if they're not even ready to tell you where it can charge? It, you're talking about getting complicated. We don't want to get more complicated with a <laughs> network that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> but at least it would be their own network. I don't know. And so, you know, I, I agree, Francie. I think some of these can work, but I just don't like that there's three options. Just pick one and give sure, the customer sure. everything. It's the first year of a new electric model. Take any, you know, um, issue of the sale and just, you know, eliminate that if you can and that just give someone everything give a give a home charger plus evgo credit plus ea sure whatever we'll see we'll see what our audience thinks which option would you choose or do you love options and all right so this is a you know very heavily gm ultium ev they had their problems hopefully there will not be trickling over into into the honda prologue like you said it just kind of rides right down the middle not trying to exceed anyone's expectations but hopefully at least meet them <laughs> and yeah, it drives uh, very nice it's a very comfortable car it's very big it's very roomy it's very soft it's quite wallowy and floaty especially at high mm -hmm. speeds but it's not the worst it's like actually got a tiny bit of sporting flair when you get it on a back road and you know the tires aren't super grippy but when you get some heat into them they work pretty well from a performance standpoint no one is going to be disappointed if they buy this car i think it's going to be for the target buyer really nice and in many ways it is nicer than the model y it's got more room i fit better in it i actually I kind of like it from a styling perspective much better than model y so i i really see the competitive um, advantage to this vehicle. Uh, the big question really is going to be what's that lease number going to be? Yeah, I think that is definitely the question. It seems like a pretty good first mainstream EV for Honda to put out in the US and seems to just kind of go along with Honda and their branding from my point of view. Well, yeah, so, but, but is it a Honda? So what do you mean by that? Because it's, it's a, because it looks it's a like Chevy. Well, I know, but uh, externally, it looks approachable from someone who yeah. knows Honda and wants to get into the EV space or own an EV. Yeah. So styling-wise, I think they nailed it for sure. Yes. The, but of course, everything underneath is GM. Everything. I mean, literally everything. everything. Software, hardware. It does have Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, which the Blazer doesn't have. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just so blatant yeah. GM. 
Well, it does make me wonder, you know, Honda, it does have a great reputation for reliability. And now this is not built by Honda. So will they be able to carry that same reliability, especially with the concerns that the Ultium platform has had going forward? So is Honda kind of nervous? I don't know, maybe, but hopefully. Yeah, time will tell on that one. I'm Like I said in the video, I'm cautiously optimistic about this car. Um, and I, I actually like if, so the way I, for me personally, if this is on like the Hertz rental lot and it's parked next to a Polestar or a Bolt or a, a, or whatever, like even a Model Y, I'd probably choose this just because it's interesting. It's nice to drive. It's quiet. It's comfortable. I, I really like it. So good. I would say the prologue is like what, what I really wish Honda did was built their own and going forward, they will build their own battery electric cars. So it's a weird one-off. I'm not sure what it's going to do in the marketplace. I'm not good at predicting sales. I'm not good at understanding those things from a volume perspective, but Mm -hmm. I will be keeping a close eye on it. It's interesting. Prologue being, you know, the introduction of something that their introduction is not built by Honda necessarily. So yeah, not at all. It's like, like the, and I know this isn't the case because there was a lot of back and forth collaboration between Honda and GM, but it's kind of just like Honda went, I'm oversimplifying, but Hey, can we just like, you know, take whatever you're working on and uh, we'll design our thing and slap the shell on it, call it a day. And that's exactly what happened. It's like yeah. GM switch gear, GM seats, GM just, everything. And it's not a get, bad thing. Get us an I like, to market. So I actually like the GM stuff. Uh, like I, I'm a pretty big fan of like their switch gear and the steering wheels and everything. But yeah, I guess. Um, so some things that I like about it, just to summarize at the end of the video here, styling road trip ability in terms of, or I should say long commute ability where if you're just cruising down the highway, it's very comfortable. Uh, it's quiet, very roomy cabin. The seats are very good. Um, air conditioning is amazing and heating is great. So really enjoyed both of those tested both at their max and it gets hot and cold very quickly. Um, handling dynamics I thought was, uh, at high speed corners, not, what I would prefer from a sporting standpoint, but they use the same exact hardware as the GM stuff, just with different valving in the dampers and different bushings, just to tighten it up a little bit compared to the blazer. And I think they did a good job because on a low speed, twisty Canyon road, it was really fun. Sound systems, pretty good in the elite version as well. Uh, the things that I don't like are lack of active lane centering. So no auto steer, which is a deal breaker. I think for most people in this category it's just crazy how it doesn't have that and i think it's because on gm they make you get super cruise or you don't get anything and they had to pick from the gm's parts catalog so that's the main issue there i think the price if you're going to purchase it outright is too expensive by about seven thousand dollars for each trim uh compared to again the competition in this space mustang maki slashing prices etc etc i think this is coming in a little bit too too warm but that can be solved with a um a lease deal. I think uh, other negatives about it. Hmm. Yeah, space for the think, Moto Compacto. Yeah, Moto Compacto space. The the charging performance I think is going to be a weak one. It's forty eight amp AC charging, which is that's fine, no issues there. Uh, it also doesn't show you. It's the DC charging performance that kind of is ugh, just seems not great, and um, it doesn't show you state of charge and percentage anywhere that I could find in the vehicle. What it shows you only miles. Shows you miles, but then you have mm. to set your charge limit based off of percent. No, I feel like they should have a way to change that. 
Yeah, I can just plug in an OBD to it and get the nerd stuff. But but I think drivers should think yeah. in percent and miles because both are relevant for battery care and longevity. Also, charging performance. It, you do need to know percent because you want to know it like 20%. Here's how fast I charge versus I don't know it. 120 miles of range could mean I'm at 30% or 50% depending on how I'm driving because it's a guess meter. So you don't have consistent charging there. That's why I like to have both numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it just felt very uh, like a lack of effort from Honda. I, I know it wasn't. I know, again, some people that were involved, the chief engineer, cool dude, uh, friends with one of our friends, actually. And, uh, you know, I've been working at Honda for 20-something years, responsible for very important projects. But I don't want to say they phoned it in. And I'm not sure this is a bad thing because GM also, you know, regardless of the software things, the, the Blazers, there's a lot of nice things about that car that transferred over. And, um, yeah, I think it was more of an integration project more than an engineering project. Makes sense. Thanks for summing it up. Let me know what everyone thinks of the Honda Prologue, their first mainstream EV coming to the market. I mean, there's been things before, but this is the big, the big one. What do you, what do you think about it? Well, I haven't driven it, so yeah, I don't know. What from, do you roughly think about it? What do I roughly think about it? I think that you're right in saying that it's kind of right down. The, but I really can't speak to it. I don't know how it charges, but I, it's right down the line. I, I think it's interesting because some come out trying to exceed expectations or make the best EV on the road. They definitely didn't try that with this. They just tried to get something that hopefully will work and satisfy the everyday customer uh, and and be an offer that you can have as like your everyday driver as a family. That's kind of what I'm seeing here. So would love for that to be successful. I think it, it's you're right. It has the space that people would like and need. It's, you say it has the comfort and everything. So I have to get in it to really see. But off the bat, it doesn't seem too disappointing. Let us know what you think in the comments. Thank you, Kyle, for coming on to the podcast to tell us all about it. Check out the Out of Spec Reviews video for all of the details. And we will see you next time on the next episode of the Out of Spec Podcast. Have a terrific rest of your day. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.